everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're episode 303, another update episode. Yeah, 303. And we get to talk about what's going on in our lives, what's going on in the reselling world, and uh, give you some hot bolos so that you can, you know, make some more money. Is hot better than juicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's fire bolos. I don't know what there is. And by the way, if you're brand new and you're wondering what's a bolo, it's an item to be on the lookout for. Yeah, those items you can flip for a bunch of money on eBay or Amazon or, or OfferUp or whatever other of the hundred platforms you could possibly use to to buy low and sell high i wish we had the time to go over the past 300 or so episodes and see how many times we repeated a bolo oh, i'm sure it's a lot because sure. we try i've tried to not repeat one but i'm sure we have oh yeah yeah we we have i'm sure but that's okay because uh you know we we, we got to give those uh those takes of what what makes what makes the money and sometimes it's uh the same things making money you know we can't if, if there were mil- i mean there are millions of bolos but we try and give you the ones that are currently hot currently making money and yeah and i wonder how many of those are no longer bolos probably most of them so yeah it's okay stay current make sure you're listening the only reason i say that is i sold a pair of alan edmonds the other day for like 70 bucks Mm. when's the last time you sourced or made any money on a pair of alan edmonds it's it's been a little while but i did it was i did sell a pair not too long ago myself for not not as much as i used to i used to be able to sell them for 100 plus oh the good old days yeah five bucks to 100 yeah yeah. and then 50 i mean 50 dollars still to go from like five dollars or a couple dollars to 50 bucks isn't a bad flip but it's a little bit slower now for sure who knows i mean it might change it might i think just fewer people are in offices so it it changes stuff that is true that is true and we killed the market by talking about alan edmonds oh you think it was was all our fault oh well sorry (laughs) all of you alan edmonds sellers out there we ruined it anyways what's going on with you mike uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been pretty good, a little bit slow on eBay. And I think part of it again is my fault. Uh, haven't been listing quite as much. Part of it is there's just other things going on. I, I always go into the summer thinking the summertime is going to be the easiest time for me to do reselling because I'm not teaching. But then that's when like all the other things end up happening. That's when, you know, vacations get planned and that's when other things get planned. There's just always something that comes up and routine I've realized this is one of the most important things for me. Like when it comes to pretty much every area of my life, when I'm going to my nine to five, it's easy to say, okay, I wake up at this time. I go to the gym. I eat a certain way. I pack my meals for the week ahead of time. It's already at school. So my lunches are always, it's everything is like perfectly organized. And so it's pretty easy to stay on track. Then the summer comes along and I get a taste of what it would be like to be a full-time reseller. If I didn't already have routines in place, mm-hmm. because Without the routines in place, you're like, oh, I'm just going to get some work done this week. I'm going to get some listings. I'm going to do some sourcing. But you don't have like a, I wake up at this time. I go sourcing on these days, to these places. I spend this amount of time on offer up. This is when I pack. If you don't have those routines set, man, you you waste a lot of time. And we've talked about that in previous episodes, but I'm just kind of there right now in the summer. So what I've decided, I've got, like I said, stuff coming up. So I have like a minor surgical procedure coming up. And then I've got, uh, we're have a trip to Michigan. Uh, we're going to be gone for almost a week uh, for my wife's grandpa's funeral. So between those two things, my ability to source 
and and take pictures and organize and all that stuff's going to be a little bit less. So this week, and I started in the in our Discord, uh, and we'll talk about Discord in a little bit. But, but in our Discord, I, I started an accountability channel, yeah, uh, I and, saw that. and the idea was like, okay, like <laughs> these are the things that I want to do like this week, this month, and then it lets all of us in the group hold each other accountable. And my plan is this week I want to pretty much get everything that's a non-clothing item pictured. So I'm not even oh, doing any listings, one. but I'm I'm doing the picture. So and and I'm averaging about a tote worth of stuff every day right now, which is pretty good. So what I've been doing is instead of going down to my shed where it's hot and I have to run a generator to get the air conditioning on and the lights on in there, I've just been grabbing a tote of stuff and bringing it up to to the house, taking pictures of it, and then bring the tote down when I'm done. And then next week when I'm you know bedridden for a day or two and then going to be gone. To Michigan for a week, I can just sit there and list, 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 and I already have all those. So, uh, if my store is going to be on vacation mode, which, um, or the I'm away, not really vacation mode, but the the I'm away mode, I think it's all the same now. Basically, uh, then I know my sales are going to dip. That kind of just seems to be the thing. Uh, I might try to do coupons. We talked about that using coupons, like an open public coupon during that time. It seemed to help you, so I may try that. However. I want to get this stuff done. I want to get this stuff out. I want to get it listed. I want to get it sold. And there's definitely, let me know in the comments below if you agree with me on this. I'm going to, my argument is the the new things that you list sell the fastest. Oh, I agree. And if you don't accept it right away, like let's say you get an offer or maybe you get two or three on the same item, it just doesn't sell for yeah, a long time. Can, and and that, that's probably true. There's probably something to be with that. But it, it's weird. Yeah, like, let us know in the comments. I can have two things that are very similar. Let's say, I don't know. Just give an example of something I'm thinking of. Right Alan Edmund Shoes. Sure, Alan Edmund Shoes. I can have two that are basically the same model, same whatever, or a PSP or a, a video mm, game. Or mm, ba- okay, okay. Two things that are basically the same thing. One that's been up for a year and a half and another one that I post. And then within a week, the chances are if one of them is going to sell, it's the one I just posted. Yep. And I so... Agree. Part of me is like, I got to get this stuff that's listed. But then we've had the conversation of what does it take to get those stale ones going again? I've tried things. I've tried uh, like ending the listing, sell similar. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. So I don't know what it is. uh, But there's something about looking at all of the items that I have that have been sitting for three years. Like, man, this this is bad. So my other thing that I'm planning on, and maybe this is my what I'm looking forward to, but uh, I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to do a... um, I'm going to go to the swap meet and I'm going to set up a booth and I'm just going to sell and really? try to offload a bunch of the like what I consider bad buys. So not necessarily the stuff that I think that will sell and are good, but even when I'm taking pictures and stuff, you ever do that when you go to start taking pictures and list items, you're like, wait a minute, there's only like $20 profit in this and this is going to be a beast to ship. And by the time it's all said and done, like I'm probably only going to make like 10 or 12 bucks. Is it even worth taking pictures and listing? You know, I'd rather almost throw this away or just sell it for 10 bucks at a garage sale. Yeah. Even if it's like a hundred dollar item, like that's because I'm only going to end up making, I mean, of course you paid some money for it and all that, but so I, I think I'm going to take a whole bunch of stuff to the swap meet and try and offload because my goal is to, to be as inventory light as possible. We've talked about that mm-hmm. being inventory light, capital heavy. And only way I can do that is by just dumping as much as I can out of my, my death piles and get them listed, hopefully sold and then get that, get that cash flow on. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. What about you? What's new with you? So garage sales have been just amazing. Uh, it's, you know, every Saturday, whether it's I'm getting a huge haul or maybe I'm just picking up a few items. What I love is I always recoup that money within a couple of days. 
So it's been kind of nice. It's nice to always be in the positive because <clears throat> I think what's ha- have making that happen is I am attempting to list everything I pick up at a garage sale, everything I pick up during the week. Uh, anytime that I have an overflow of inventory, it's because I had a huge haul and it's generally stuff I, I don't care to list. So Mike can attest to my place right now. I have a lot of stuff. And the stuff, the stuff that's sitting around is just stuff I don't want to list. Like, I, I don't want to deal with. You think you're going to stop picking that stuff up eventually? Well, no, but this is from those two major halls I yeah, had earlier in the it's summer. Tough. I mean, look at those green lamps. Would you want to list those green lamps? No, I mean, even even looking at some of like, the pictures that you have, like, I mean, some of those are easy to do, but you got you got to do a little bit of research of like, okay, like, what what kind of picture is this? What kind of magazine is this? And what do the comps go? Like the amount of time you could spend 30 minutes figuring out that, oh, this is a $5 yeah. profit or this is a $100 profit. And either way, you've got to do that work to figure out what it is. And th- and that's been the complication I've had here because I, I'm still going sourcing. And when I go sourcing, I pick up stuff that I know I will list, right? But when you have a big haul, sometimes you end up picking a lot of stuff you really care about. And then there's like that 25% that you pick up and you're like, ooh, it's profitable and I know I'll eventually list it. And so it's funny because uh, somebody on Discord had asked me, so how do you make sure that you don't have a death ball, right? And I, I'm not the best person to ask, right? It was thrown out to the group, but I answered. And I would say if right now we just based, you know, my death pile on everything I sourced in the summer at garage sales or uh, the very few times I go to a thrift store or a local deal and it hasn't been a huge bulk buy, I have no death piles. If we go into the territory of two major hauls that I had from some incredible people that were just willing to help me out and offload items, that's where my death pile is at. Mm. Right. And so it's been great because garage sales have been uber profitable. I mean, I shared this on Instagram the other day, 10 a.m., 10 a.m., I, sh- I showed up at a garage sale and there's a baseball glove in a bag. It's an Okona a baseball glove. And I asked the guy, I'm like, hey, do you have any more gloves? They're like, oh, they all sold except for that glove. And that glove, those new go for $300 a piece. Right. So I picked it up for $4.50 and it sold within, I would say, like 18 hours of me listening for 175 I think it's hilarious that you just said $4.50 because I know for a fact you were trying to fight for $4 and he was saying $5 and you settled on four fifty, dollars right? No, no, no. It was... No, no, it was a bundle deal. It was a bundle deal. Oh, and you just averaged the price. And he wanted he wanted twenty dollars for everything, and then I got him down to he wanted twenty two. Then I got him down to eighteen, and so it was four items, so four fifty. Okay, so that's that's one thing that I I, I think <laughs> I would imagine you would possibly do. I'm joking because yeah, yeah, no, no, I would, I would, but uh. But man, oh, I don't know about the change. I've never done the. I've never done the change. I've never done the. How about a dollar twenty five? No, no, I'll do a dollar fifty, dollar twenty five. It's like, come on, let's just let's just two bucks. I'll have a dollar. I won't handle change. That's my increments here. I mean, with inflation, like change doesn't even exist, right? Like, let's just let's just talk in dollar amounts, okay? Yeah. Okay. So if if people came at changes for bubble gum in machines, yeah, that's no. I I don't listen. I have not gone down that road. That's pretty hardcore. And I'm sure there are some resellers that do the somebody offers them five and they're like, how about four fifty? Like, but that's not. I can't do that. There are times when uh, when I'll buy something. I I do have in my wallet. I have a garage sale wallet, and in there is like a little pouch that I can put change in. Mostly because if I'm at a garage sale and it's really fast and I'm like looking for something and I'm like, oh, there's a good book and that book sells for, you know, 20 bucks. And there I say, how much are the books? 50 cents each. Fine. I'm just going to throw you 50 cents because eventually that stuff does add up. So I'm not going to haggle down to 50 cents. Yeah. But uh, but 
also I'm not going to lose 50 cents on the sale because, or maybe I'll pick up two books for a dollar at that point. But, but I do keep some change just in case you, I feel like uh church rummage sales a lot of times are the worst with that, where they like, they'll have like a, a change amount on there. Mm-hmm, and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dude, 25 cents for these items. Like, oh, okay, well I can either pick up four of them or I only want this one. So I guess I'm paying 25 cents. So it's, that's been good. Uh, July has been my, uh, best month i would think of the year even better than june it's kind of yeah. it's kind of crazy uh, i think part of it is you talk about routine and i've gotten into the routine that no matter what even if i have to be up till two three in the morning i will just make sure i list uh and again i'm listing about 15 to 25 average a day uh some days it is five <laughs> ten but i'm least i'm listing and uh i it's made a huge difference and i i feel like it took a month for that to kick in. So I don't know if it took a month because eBay was working on a bunch of stuff at the end of May, but I, I tend to feel that, you know, we think that, Hey, we, if we list a ton or two or three days, we're going to get sales instantly. I think sometimes it just takes time for the algorithm to adjust and push things up in the search. Now there's this other thing I want to talk about, and I'm just going to be open and transparent about it because I feel that I'm not the only one. So I switched from GoDaddy to cook QuickBooks. And I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be just the same program. I'm just paying for more money, right? Because it is more expensive where I think GoDaddy, I don't even remember how much it was, maybe 60 bucks a month and uh, not 60 bucks a year. And that's it. Where right now there's a special deal if you transfer over and it's like 15 bucks a month. So, you know, it's more expensive. It's about what's that? Like six times more, but it's not the same. But it's a more robust program. That's why it's challenging for you, right? Like, yeah, but it's it's not so on GoDaddy. And let me let me know in the comments because maybe I am missing something. But on GoDaddy, every eBay transaction, every sale on my card just just appeared on simple categories like expenses, and then in I I could train it that eventually, you know, if it already trained like any eBay fees, any returns any listing fees, any promotional fees, all those automatically went under eBay expenses. And it showed up the moment it would show up the moment. And then any credit card, I could train it to do cost of goods sold, you know, travel entertainment, whatever, whatever I wanted it to be. And then on QuickBooks, it doesn't even give me the username or uh, of, of the person that bought something or the item that sold. It just says like eBay, and this amount. And it's not, it's not integrated like GoDaddy where GoDaddy is just directly, there's like apps on QuickBooks that you can use to help connect you to your eBay account. Right. So there was one that was like payments. I was supposed to make sure that it brought in, you know, every time I had a sale and it did do that. But all it did is like, let's say in a day I had $500 in sales, it would just, what would show up on my QuickBooks would be eBay, $500. And then you will click on that and that's all the info you got where on GoDaddy, it would show up every, it would be like, you know, um, U-Haul buyer and it would be, you know what I mean? It'd be like star seller. Like every person you would see their names, you'd see the amount, you would see the promoted listing, you would see the eBay, you would see all the eBay fees. And I'm like, this is, this is strange, you know? And then you have to, create invoices for like and the so i try to watch some videos like rockstar flipper did one a year ago and he every day he goes in there and he has to uh put in a put in something every day and on godaddy i just coasted i did absolutely nothing 
The only time I ever had to deal with anything was when I had to put my mileage in for the month uh, via my other app. Uh, I would go to my mile IQ, see the total miles I had for a month, and I would just put it into GoDaddy. And uh, yeah, and, and I can't and I cannot find my transactions from GoDaddy bookkeeping. Like there's a big lump number, some number on there, but there's no breakdown of the numbers. Mm. So, you know, I have my, I, I extended my tax filing. And so I'm just going back to my GoDaddy and just doing all my GoDaddy stuff for my 2021 taxes. Uh, and then I need to get this QuickBooks resolved here pretty soon. Yeah, I think it's it's probably going to be worth it for you to spend a little bit of time um, just learning the program. I know people do it, so I know it's not impossible. Right. So, and, and that's what I mean. So you got to figure you're going to probably waste a couple hours YouTubing how to do it. I already spent two you, hours. Well, you're going to waste a couple more hours. Uh, and I think part of it is just the transfer. Like when you do a big transfer like that, there's going to be there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be things that are tough. Um, yeah, Not but just, it's 2022, man. Like, yeah, but uh, QuickBooks here. Uh, let me say one more thing. You know how we complain about how eBay has like outdated web pages mm-hmm. and all this, and and why do they get away with that? Because there's a there's a big game in town, right? Like, no one can really compete with them. So some things they're able to let slide. Because they know that that's not the people aren't going to go like, I'm not doing eBay. This page is from 1994. I think it's the same thing in QuickBooks. I think QuickBooks is not geared in any way towards resellers where GoDaddy was geared towards resellers. Could be. I mean, I mean, especially if they were they had a connection with eBay. So there might be the fact that if most eBay resellers were using GoDaddy, I don't know if that's the case, but if that was because it was already integrated, then QuickBooks had no reason to to develop the behind the scenes stuff that would have to make it so it integrate, right? Whereas now, if everybody's coming over from eBay, they might have the the motivation to do that. They might decide, hey, we need to figure out how to make this connect. However, I think I think with something like QuickBooks, and again, I'm not like a QuickBook apologist. I I barely use it for the most part. I use I use spreadsheets. Like most of the stuff I do, I use QuickBooks because it it tracks my miles for me because it's part of the TurboTax that I use. I get it for free at least a, uh, a part of it. So either way, I think QuickBooks is a more robust system. And I think, yeah, it probably does have some feels of being clunky and old, but part of it is because it's accounting. And I think accountants have a specific way that they do things and want to do it. And it doesn't need to be like social media. It needs to look like, it, it doesn't need to be user-friendly typically for like the masses as opposed to people who are doing accounting work. So uh, there probably is some, there's going to be a learning curve there. Uh, but I would imagine that it's going to be once you figure it out and you get it going, it's going to be just as efficient. And if it's different, if there's areas where it's it's more difficult to get through than GoDaddy was, there's going to be other areas that's going to make up for that. There's going to be, hey, GoDaddy did this and QuickBooks doesn't. However, QuickBooks does this, 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 and GoDaddy didn't. So hopefully it evens out. I'm sure. So if you're if you're a QuickBooks like fanatic or or expert in the comments, maybe let us know. Uh, and uh, point us in the right direction of, of maybe some YouTube we should watch or or some strategies or tips that you've acquired over the years using QuickBooks. Well, and the other thing that was disheartening, one more rant and I'm done, Do it. was I reached out to other resellers in the community on social media that I respect. And and I asked them, like, hey, how's this QuickBooks thing going? And they, I thought they were all on QuickBooks. And they're like, no, I gave up a year ago because the the transfer was just brutal. Like stuff wasn't transferring and having to figure things out. Another person told me that they were not able to modify the expenses. And so they had to go with the categories that QuickBooks had. I mean, it was just it was just person after person. I had some people telling me they can use Quicken. 
Uh, and no offense to you. I know you know how you are. When I talk to you, you listen to the podcast. And, you know, I haven't heard about Quicken in years, but that's because they use a CPA. And so, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I hope I did try uh, my reseller Genie. And I think they're at a place where they could be like the next GoDaddy. Uh, I just think there there has to be a lot of more uh the, 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 a lot of more things need to take place on there for me to be able to jump over. And I know they're working on it. Uh, and like right now I'm even considering maybe jumping over there too, just because it's you, it's quick. It, the transfer is brutal. You have to do some stuff with CSV files and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, the interface is, is good. I feel like QuickBooks is just, they, they've made it generic enough for it applies to all businesses. And I think that's the trouble. You know, so all right, I'm done. It's good. All right, any any random stories? Uh, yeah. So, okay, this one's gonna sound super vague, and mostly because I don't, I'm not sure what I can or should say. Uh, but I think people will kind of get the gist of this, and 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 I'll tell you a little bit more off off uh off camera. Okay. But <laughs> I'm searching through OfferUp, and and you spend some time on OfferUp looking for things. You run into some weird stuff, right? You run into like, oh, that's weird. People are selling this and this. And I saw one, like a picture uh, of the listing, because that's one thing I don't like about OfferUp is there's like no prices, it's just like pictures. You got to click on the item. And I click on this item mostly because the picture itself was like this. Something seems off here. And so I open it up and I'm like 99.999. I'm, I'm basically 100% sure that there was some illegal and very inappropriate stuff being sold or transactions happening through offer up like as i'm reading through it i'm like this is there's something really bad here yeah and so i'm like i don't know it's like like i have to report this like i i don't know like this is like dude who do i report this to anyway so i found a, a way to report it on on offer up and it was immediately taken down but um it was kind of shocking to see that there was there was very and when i'm saying illegal i'm not talking like oh someone's possibly selling drugs or something i'm talking like really bad stuff and mm. based off of the way this description was and the picture and what was on here but it all seemed kind of like code words and it was really weird um so anyways that's my random story in the sense of like it's so bizarre sometimes when you're going through offer up like okay you know people sell some weird stuff but i'm sure i'm not the only one has found some stuff on offer up or other places where it's like i think something is off here something wrong is going on uh so if you've ran into that and had experiences with that like let us know in the comments below um, I'm not saying any more because I don't know like how serious this thing is. Like if I'm going to be contacted by some people for like reporting it and like what's going to. But it was Yeesh. it was like I, I I still get like the heebie-jeebies just thinking about what was essentially being implied was being sold through this posting. Yeah, it's been a while, but that did happen. I can't remember. It must have been a few years ago, like the beginnings of when this is when they were still like like going off. I can't remember, but it's just one of those where you just like scroll through it. And then like an hour later, you're like, wait a second. Like, what did I just come across? So yeah, <coughs> yeah it's kind of creepy. Yeah, and, super uh, creepy. Uh, I'm I, vague. I know it's like the, the, no, that didn't I, make good radio of like, I saw a thing and it was bad and I reported the bad thing. Well, I have more creepy if you want. Yeah, let's hear it. So this is not my story. This is from another seller, but I thought I'd share this on the podcast. Uh, so a seller and i'm not going to mention names just because this might lead to an investigation yeah, but that's uh, what i feel like mine was is potentially going to do so what ended up happening uh somebody had sold uh, a bunch of items 
and and the, this item is think, think about it like let's say it was a, a a comic book right and the comic book should like it should have had like stickers in it or whatever and it should have been complete so this seller so has been selling on ebay for a long time and and so they always make sure everything's complete right when they sell it, it's finished they want you know th- th- they're a great reseller and so they send it but they notice that this person's feedback was private already and so they're like oh, i don't know about this and i don't worry about private feedback in the sense that sometimes it's super wealthy people that just don't want people to know what they've bought but there's also the other side that sometimes maybe it's a scammer or something well in this case that's that's what it was so they sent it out and they they got the package and the person immediately messaged them back and said hey are you trying to scam me there's this missing and this missing and and sent pictures of of the stuff already being taken out and they're like no i i i never did this and and you know the person left them negative feedback and says i can't believe you did this and they're like hey i want i want a partial refund and i don't want to return the item and the seller was like no 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 we got to do a, a full refund you know it, it's standard practice in any business right if you want to get a refund you got to send it back and they refuse to send it back so they got, you know, um, they got the negative feedback uh, removed, but then this person kept messaging, using all kinds of expletives, calling this person names and stuff. And then, and then on top of that, they mailed them something. What? And so they mailed them like this postcard with like a, Oh, with a statement like you ever watch those movies where it's like you know like a mess, ransom note like, like a, a horror movie or, or yeah. like you know um you know i i know like know what time you eat summer. breakfast or yeah. something like that yeah, yeah and on it it says you know what you did explanation explanation point explanation point and, it's like and i'm postcard? showing it to you yeah. right this is legit and this person's like freaked out that 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 is a a good reason so people have made comments in the past about like not wanting to have to put their their address on stuff and like having to report their address and i'm sometimes i'm like hey is that a big deal but in an instance like this like that is a good reason to have a mailing box and yeah and they they were aware of that but they just said over 20 years like this never happened right right and so i'm looking at this i'm like this is this is uber creepy and is it it's a postcard right yeah and they know it's that person because they sent one of they sent one of the items like a page from the item that Uh they sent out in there to make sure they knew who it was do you get what i'm saying like they ripped out a page out of the comic book and mailed it with the postcard yeah that's pretty uh, right this is like from a movie mm. right kind of deal and so they're asking like, Rolando, what do I do? And so here's the, here's the, and they had mentioned, you know, should I get a business address and all that? So, so here's the thing. Luckily, this person's several states away. It, to me, it's probably a basement dweller, something wrong. Like there's something not right. Like to take the effort to get a postcard and write a threatening message and mail it like, and with a page from the item that you bought, like that takes some effort. So that that's the creepy part. Yeah. Right. The other side of it is this might have been just a one time thing. Right. The person just was really angry. They wanted to do something, you know, to send their message across. They sent it out. And I, I advise, I said, if I wouldn't report this as a police yet, unless it happens again. And if you get another message, then it's probably time. Now, you definitely need to re- tell eBay. And it's not just report a buyer. You need to call eBay and say, there's this buyer. This is what they did. Because eBay 
needs to eBay needs to figure out if and they're not going to be able to figure out this has happened to other buyers, but they can figure out that person's feedback record and right. track record. And if they need to remove this person from eBay, they should remove this person from eBay. Now, if it happens again, I do think you need to report to the post office and get the postal inspectors involved and get this handled. Right. But I, I immediately I'm like, you got to get a business address. Right. And you, and this is a tax write off. Right. It's a business expense. Uh, but um, I, what I mentioned is this is the first time in 20 years this has happened. So the, the chances of this happening again are uber rare. But there are uber times. Rare times in history where things do repeat, yeah, they're, and they're they're just they're weird people out there. I've I've just learned that more and more in life. Like they're yes, I, I know I've mentioned the, older on the podcast you get, the more before, you see. but but man, there are people out there. So that's why you you kind of can't take everything personally when, especially if it's like that. There's a little bit of a fear element there for sure. If, if I got a message, a, a literal something in the mail from one of my my buyers, and it's like I know what you did and where you live. Like if, I'd be like, oh, okay, this is weird, um, but when you interact with the public, you see like, okay, like some of these people are buyers on eBay and it makes sense that, you know, <laughs> things, things are, are not, uh, always like, don't, don't always make common sense. Cause, uh, I don't know if common sense is always as common as we think it is, uh, with some people. So yeah, you just gotta take it in stride. Um, I would, I would definitely take that seriously, but I think it's just a good reminder of have a personal or have, have separate as much as you can, your personal from your business. And you can't always do that perfectly, but, especially if you're just starting as a hobby, you're selling five, 10 things every couple of months. You probably don't need a personal address. Cause like you said, 20 years are a business address. However, once you start selling more and more things, the likelihood of you running into a psychopath goes from almost nothing to a little bit more than almost nothing. It's still almost nothing, but mm -hmm. it, anything could happen. So yeah, pay the $10 a month to get a, a even a, a PO box, whatever it is. Well, like, it's like 20 now, but yeah. Yeah, of course. But, <laughs> but yeah, so it separate as much as you can, your personal from your business, and it's going to protect you in a lot of different ways. Well, it's interesting because the other day somebody had, and this wasn't a bad thing, but they had mentioned like, oh, hey, you know, I want to buy some of your Hawaiian shirts. And, and by the way, I'm going to be passing by. And they mentioned the town where I ship out from. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, all right. Like, thanks for letting me know yourself. Like, what you know, I just it was just kind of weird, right? One of your repeat buyers has become a a fanatic. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that, but it was just, it was just interesting. You know, it's all the time I get the messages where people want to pick up from, you know, do a local pickup because they're traveling through that town, and I'm just like, nah, let me just ship it to you, you know. So, hey, before I move on, Man, I have that's that's hardcore. Our business address isn't even in the same town that we live in. That's how. That's how. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's how strategic we are. There you go. You will never find us. No, I like keeping home home, you know? So now, if you're looking for a home of resellers to communicate with and thrive, let's talk about our Discord for a moment. Yeah. It's been such an incredible experience and it keeps building. More people keep joining and it's, it's pretty awesome because remember when we first started, there was like maybe like eight of us, mm -hmm. right? And there was plenty of knowledge being shared with just the eight. Right. Right. I mean, we had one individual right away, the, the storage unit guy and man learned so much. And right now I feel like that person has like dominated some conversations in there because there's a lot of knowledge to be gained. Yep. Right. And and I appreciate that because I, I thank them. I say, hey, thank you, because I've always there's always questions you have, but you never have anybody to ask. Right. Right. And so 
it's been awesome. We have people in there that are booksellers. We have people that do retail arbitrage. We have some Amazon sellers. I mean, we, we it runs the gambit. And it's it's not a, again, we're not a cook group. We're not a bolo group. But there's plenty of bolos being shared. There's plenty of items being shared. Uh, and it's just, it's been amazing. And I just, you know, what's been great is, you know, even if like I'm busy dur- during the day and I can't always get on the Discord, I get on there later. And there's so much information that I missed and so many questions that are being asked. And what I love is what you and I talked about that we didn't want to make it Mike and Orlando centered, right? We, you know, it's the peers of podcast community. It's, it's a peers of podcast discord. And that's what it's become. It's become a thriving community of resellers that seriously care about what they're doing. Yeah. And, and what I've noticed, I mean, it's like this with so many things when you have, it's not expensive Join the Patreon, it's like five fifty five a month. Uh, and it gets you access to the the Discord and, and it supports us. Even if you're like, hey, I don't really plan on being super active in the Discord. I just want to support PRS Podcast. We appreciate that. Uh, but one of the things is just having a little bit of skin in the game. It totally changes things. So my my son got was able to do some free swim lessons. Okay. Uh, our, our community for like the first time ever, normally swim lessons here for an eight session swim lesson uh, is like $400. It's expensive wow. to do swim lessons in San Diego. And they got a grant, this pool got a grant, the high school to do swim lessons. And it was free for the community for two weeks. And it was amazing to see like, as the weeks progressed, fewer and fewer kids were coming. It got to the point where it's like less than like a third of the the students who originally signed up or kids who originally signed up were coming. And part of it is because, hey, they, they, they got it for free. Who cares, right? If I miss a couple of days. Yeah. And we've already had a lot of people on our Patreon say, just the fact of being in this community and hearing other people talk about their struggles and talk about, hey, I need to get my listings done. And oh, look, I did my five listings today. It's enough of an encouragement. You know, I'm in this community. I'm paying to be part of this. I'm going to I'm going to take my reselling is that much more seriously. I want to have something to talk about in the discord. So I'm going to get my organization done so I could show like, hey, I did it. And a lot of people have found just that alone, even even if it's not the bolos and it's not the tips, but just being a part of a community and having a little bit of skin in the game has increased their sales significantly. So uh, wherever you line up in that, whether you want some tips and tricks, whether you just want to be a part of a community, uh, whether you want to find some sweet bolos, whatever it is, our our, our community has been great for that. So, uh, and again, thank you for those of you who keep Pierce Podcast going. Uh, we've mentioned in previous podcasts that there was a time when we were, we were discussing, can we continue <laughs> this? Can we, can yeah. we continue putting in 10, 15 hours a week to to record and edit and post and social media and all of those things when we're making $3 this month off of everything. So can, can we keep doing this? And because of supporters like you, uh, we're, we're able to keep going. So thank you very, very much. Yeah. So check out the link below or go to patreon.com slash pure hustle podcast. All right. I'll make this quick real quick before we get into our reseller topics. So I had an item. I've talked about this item many times. Remember that Pulsar alien toy? Do you remember that thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, one that, the one that shoots sparks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I saw that back in March. Okay, in March. Okay, what is that? Like six months? Not six months, like five. I don't know. It's a long time, okay? And it sold and it got lost. It never made it to its destination. And so I submitted a missing mail search through the post office. And what they do is they search for it. They did not get back to me until the end of May. And then they, they sent another message at the end of June. And so I was like, okay, you know what? This thing's not showing up. So I filed an insurance claim. I got denied twice. And by the third time, I, I called the post office. There's that 1-800 number. I said, listen, 
I twice in the appeals had mentioned how you guys were looking for it. I put in the missing mail search uh, email that you sent me that you guys didn't find it. I just want to get my money back. Obviously, you guys aren't going to find it. They're like, well, you know, it's because the reason you keep getting denied is because the missing mail search hasn't been closed out. I'm like, how do I close it out? And they're like, well, you can't really close it out. Uh, we'll have we'll have to close it out. I'm like, what? So then they gave me a number. There's a post office consumer advocate number to deal with this. So then I called that number. And then I was like, yeah, I told them the story. And they're like, okay, well, uh, we'll get back to you. I'm like, what? So this has been ongoing for months. And it's like $85. And usually when you do an insurance claim, you only get the money of the item. You usually don't get the shipping money back. At least that's been my experience. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I forget. It's been a while since I filed a, a claim like this. And so somebody got back to me and my phone rang and it said Washington, D.C. And I'm like, always leery when. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a spam call. I, you know, and so I answered it and it was like, hey, this is so-and-so from the post office. Want to let you know. Uh, that your your appeal was gonna get denied again. What? And let me tell you why. And and so the what they shared to me is that there's a certain time window to file an insurance claim. So I looked it up. So if you if you have a priority mail item that gets lost, you can't file a claim any sooner than seven days, or any sooner than fifteen days if it's priority mail. Any sooner than fifteen days, but no later than sixty days. So the missing mail search. They didn't send me an email until about 90 days. And so that's why I kept getting denied, which doesn't make sense. I mean, this is government bureaucracy at its finest, uh, even though they're not part of the government. But, you know, it is. Mm. <laughs> it is. And so they explained to me that next time I just need to file within that 60 day window, the insurance claim. And I said, well, doesn't that counter the idea that I'm doing a missing mail search? Like, well, we're just letting you know that that's the window. I was like, oh, okay. So the lady was nice and said, okay, you know, expect to check in the mail. And I got my check in the mail and they refunded me not only the the money for the item that I sold, but also the shipping that I paid for it. So I was happy with that. But this is a lesson to everyone. Do not file a missing mail search. The first thing you should file is an insurance claim. And then maybe if you want after you could do a missing mail search. I don't know. But uh, if you're looking to get your money back and it's been, you know, two, three weeks and the item has been gone, just just file the insurance claim. Don't do the missing mail search. Uh, I think it's you're you're basically giving all the power over to the post office and you may never see that item again. So unless it's something you really want found. Uh, but uh, isn't that sad? <laughs> like it just it to me it's sad because this is the the item i sent out was for somebody's dad's birthday yeah and their nice. dad really wanted it and that thing is gone that alien is gone forever it was a piece of history that is now history it's been lost so all right hey before we jump to reseller topics uh another incredible item that helps keep our packages safe when we ship them is american uh, bubble boy bubble packaging and uh, it's still the best deal out there. Somebody had actually DM me the other day and said, hey, Orlando, do you guys still have a discount code? And we don't. And we, we are working. And I want to say working, meaning that I just need to get to a place where I just send the message and say, hey, can we just get a discount code if possible? Uh, but uh, we don't. But it's still the best game in town. Fastest shipping today, sometimes next day, depending where you're at. It's all free, the shipping. And you can also do local pickup. And so check them out, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. There's a link below. If you use the link, it helps us out. 
uh, and, you know, it gives a little bit of affiliate kickback. So it helps the podcast keep functioning and uh, really appreciate that. But, you know, I, I think I'm ordering like American Bubble Boy every week because it's great. I'm happy with that. Uh, but uh, it's a great product. All right. If you haven't followed us on social media, we are Pierce the Podcast on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and TikTok. Isn't TikTok supposed to go away? They always say it's going to go away and it never goes away. I don't know. I stopped following it. It's like at this point, I've given up on TikTok personally, so I don't really care. Okay. I, I, I'm just there because I care about all the people that are there, all the other resellers. Now, there is a lot more drama in the TikTok community and reselling than there is on Instagram. I don't know. Just people just feel like they can be vicious on TikTok. It's just funny to me. Yeah, I think I think social media in general breeds that uh, that the atmosphere. Yeah, you yeah. don't see someone face to face. It's easier to be mean. That is true. That is true. Uh, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are Pierce Cast. You want to uh, shoot us an email? We are Pierce Podcast at Gmail dot com. It's Pierce Podcast at Gmail dot com. You could also leave us a, a, a voicemail at six one nine seven three eight. 1170 that's 619-738-1170 and if you're listening to the podcast for the you know for the first time or you've been listening for a long time and you do not know we have a youtube come jump on over we're about 7k subscribers hoping to get 10k by the end of the year maybe even more uh, and uh, just subscribe hit that bell notification and if you're listening right now or watching right now just come on over and smash that like button and as always Grateful for all the Apple iTunes reviews. Always help us out. So thank you. And if you have not yet done so, please come on over. Uh, you know, do that five stars and and just a quick, you know, note as to why you enjoy the podcast. It really helps us out in the algorithm. That's right. All right. Are we ready to talk about some some news or topics? Things going on. Things are happening in the reselling world. USPS discount program is not ending. The golden age of thrifting is over and Walmart cut profit outlook. Garage sales are restricted. All this and more on reselling news. All right. You know, it's funny. Um, there are certain websites that just pump out negative info about reselling like over and over and over and over again. I mean, everybody's got to have their cash cow, right? That's I guess so. But man, th- this information got out there and it just ran like a wildfire. I, I So many people I saw on TikTok saying USPS is ending the discount program. And so eBay sellers are doomed. And saw YouTube or like, you know, people in the comments are like, I guess I can't resell, you know, cheap items anymore because it's getting too expensive. And this is the end of reselling. And, you know, the sky is falling. And then... <laughs> And then eBay just puts something on the community board real quick. Hi, everyone. We know there has been some chatter and concern over the possibility of the USPS ending discount programs. And we'd like to assure you that any changes made will not impact the eBay label rates for USPS. You know how many responses I got in the eBay community? 46 helpful thumbs up. Yeah, that's not that's not the best place I feel like to put that kind oh, of Oh, I agree. I, eBay has to find... like It's funny because I wonder... All you have to do is go on to the seller help tab and then click on the uh, seller hub and then click on extra and then click on the little dots at the bottom and then click on the secret page and then you'll find the community board. Yes, yes. Agreed. No, no. It's this one. I had to like search like I I saw it posted somewhere and then I'm like, okay, how do they find it? And I had so you have to go to eBay community, buying and selling, selling and then USPS discount program. Now, there's a lot of people. I wonder how many of you actually communicate on those boards for eBay. Like, I just wonder who those people are. Right. Because it's hard to find information. And I think eBay has 
and a problem in funneling information out because the only reason I know this is because there are some resellers have been reselling for a long time and they still comment on those boards. And so they post it on social media. If it hadn't been for that, I would have never known about this. Right. But just to let you know, it's not ending. A pirate ship also had put out a statement that it's not ending. Uh, just be aware. A lot, of, a lot of hearsay in the community and things just take off and people start panicking. And here's the thing. Let's say they did cut it. Let's say they cut out the discount program. It's not the end of the world. I never wish that would happen. But you just you send it back to the, to the buyer. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. It, that is an example of. I mean, I understand why people are thinking like this is this is almost world ending, world ending, yeah, earth shattering, because it it could be there. That's what people don't realize is a lot of times when when something happens, whether it's like a lobbying pass or like a new policy through USPS, there's not always consideration of every single area in the economy that is going to be impacted by this. A lot of times they're thinking like. I'm going to do this one thing to fix this problem and then realize that, that creates other problems downstream that nobody thought about. And reselling as much as it's a big thing, obviously eBay sells a ton of stuff. There is a possibility that something could happen at the post office or through other legislation or who knows that could be a huge negative impact on reselling. And I, I can imagine that if, if we were to lose discounts, it's already hard enough to compete with things like Amazon, right? Things like Amazon have caused us to go to pretty much free returns or um, cheaper shipping or free shipping and faster shipping, which has cost us. And you can only pass on that expense to the buyer so many times before it's, you know what, it's just cheaper for me to go buy this brand new than to buy this used thing and save 10 bucks because shipping is so much. Yeah. But I think it depends on what you source too. Yeah, well, of course there's going to be, there's going to be okay. But that's the thing is sure. If you're in, if you're in, uh, antique art that's worth ten thousand dollars a piece. Then Don't sure, you have to go that far. Well, but but, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. So if you're in into something like that, but if you're just the hey, the average uh, price, my average net profit on an item is fifteen to twenty bucks. But I move a lot of things. And that's how I'm able to source, and that, that's what works for okay. me. Yeah, then yeah. that could that could cripple your business. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I just the overall, and I, I see, I I do, I do see what you're saying. Because, you know, we had mentioned about that Canadian seller that had mentioned that they can't sell items that are they make like $8 profit because postage is so much in Canada. So I see that. But uh, you just got to be careful of the information that you read. Uh, just the panic. You know, I feel in the reselling community, and I've mentioned this before, and I'm not the only podcast. I remember Scavenger Life would talk about this all the time. That if you want to find people that are negative, it's so easy in the reselling community. You can go to every community, but yeah. Yeah. But the recently I negativity uh, definitely rises to the top. Oh, dude. I, I love like sometimes if I want to get a laugh, I'll go to certain websites. I always pump out negative information about reselling. And I just go to the comments like and there's eBay and eBay and you know, they're terrible. And they've always been scamming me for the last 20 years. And I'm like, wait, if you've been selling for the last 20 years and you know, they're scamming you. Why are you still selling been 20 years man hey we all need to vent it's okay okay all right hey yeah so this next one this is interesting it came out from the new york times and i agree with this article uh to a certain point uh they had an article this came out i, I don't know why we didn't talk about this last time but it's called the the golden age of thrifting is over and they they say uh, a glut of fast fashion has made its way into local thrift stores making it hard for women who have been purchasing secondhand for decades to find quality garments they can wear. 
and said, you know, they mentioned a story of somebody that grew up thrifting and now they're finding stuff from like Sheen and Fashion Nova. And I don't know if you know anything about those brands, but those are like just just trash brands. I mean, people like wearing it, but it's fast fashion. It's super cheap and it's like a one time, two time wear kind of deal. You know, it's not quality. It doesn't last. Uh, and said, uh, you know, the rise of fast fashion has changed the way younger women shop for clothes, the sustainable fashion educator. It's nearly impossible, she said, to scroll on social media without running into so-called haul videos showing hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars worth of, of garments from Zara or Sheen or these, uh, these uh, companies. Uh, those hauls just encourage overconsumption and so on. And said, you know, if you donate trash to a thrift store, it doesn't just disappear. Right. He added that smaller stores in particular could easily become overwhelmed by incoming garments, making it much harder to do the business of running a thrift store. And I and I see that like when I go. Wait, so what is what is the the argument of this? This the originally argu the okay. argument seemed like they were saying that it's because I used to be able to thrift and find stuff I was looking for because it wasn't popular. Now it's becoming popular. So now the golden age of thrifting is over. So basically like my secret's been found. But then now as you continue, it's almost like hey, stores are getting too much stuff, so it's hard for... The, like, what is the what is so the let, thesis of this article? Let me read a couple more paragraphs and then we'll get to it. So then... And there's, it should we go, start with the thesis, right? Like, that's... that's well, that was their thesis. But yeah, they kind of went off the rails a little bit. So they mentioned ThreadUp, right? ThreadUp is a company, like, if you have a bunch of clothing, you can send it to ThreadUp and they'll sell it for you and then they'll just cut you a check. And so... But more choices do not necessarily mean higher quality. Last year, the online consignment store uh, ThreadUp received more clothing than any other year since its founding in 2009, with many of those items coming from fast fashion retailers, the company said. Compared to 2020, there was a 186% increase in the number of items listed from Sheen and a 75% increase in pieces from Pretty Little Things, the ThreadUp spokeswoman said in an email. The, there's all these clothes out there, but it's just that they may not be as durable as you would like. And so they said... Basically, what they're saying is, I'd say that the golden age, this is Megan Miller, some lady, I'd say that the golden age of thrifting is over. The ability to find high quality, well-made things is definitely on the wane. So their argument is, is that, you know, let's say four or five years ago, you can go to a thrift store and there was a lot of quality items. Okay. Yep. Right. Where now... That's not the case because you have companies like Sheen and Fashion Nova and all these other companies that, you know, a lot of them run through AI and computer programs. And some of the stuff isn't even like created yet. Uh, and you order it and then they'll make it, you know, like Amazon Basics, kind of right. like there's just a lot of just things that are quickly produced and sent out and they're not quality. They're like for a one or two time thing. It's not like a. Let's say a Pendleton or a Carhartt. Or yeah, that I think that's a that's a indication of just the quality drop of of material and products in general. And I, I definitely see that that impacts thrift stores because you'd go to a thrift store and yeah, you're right. So if this was ten years ago, twenty years ago, <laughs> things that were ten years old were higher quality because that was stuff from thirty years ago, right? Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I talk about that with toys all the time. Like there are certain toys where, you know, when I was a kid, this stuff was made out of metal and it lasted forever. Now it's like, Oh, I, I had something mm -hmm, like this when mm -hmm. I was a kid and I buy it for my son and it's made out of plastic and it breaks in 10 minutes. So there's definitely been a decrease. So it's almost like thrift stores because thrift stores sell things that are a few years old, you know, whether it's like five years old, 10 years old. And as the quality of stuff gets less and less, what's going to be the majority in those thrift stores 
are going to be cheaper and cheaper quality stuff. So I definitely see that being a thing. So it's almost like the high quality stuff that's from 20, 30 years ago is going to be becoming more like you'll find an antique store. Hey, if you go to an antique store, you'll find some good quality clothing. But if you go to a thrift store, you're going to find the junk that was mass produced 10 years ago. Yeah. And so I thought about that article and combined that with the fact that now thrift stores are all going online with their stuff, right? You have Shop Goodwill, Salvation Army, you know, all the stuff we've talked about in previous episodes. So you combine those two, what's left in the thrift stores? Not much, right? So I know a lot of people find good items at the bins at thrift stores, but I would, this is my warning, is I think there's a lot of truth in this article and you have to find alternative ways to source. I think there will come a time, and I think especially in the next six months, as we have this downturn economy and more people are going to start going to thrift stores to try to find items to buy because they won't be able to buy retail. It can it be a thing where if you want to be profitable, you have to find those items that people are looking for, the quality items. And so it, it's, it's a two edged sword. It's one is it's going to be harder to find things. But those of you that have found other ways to get your hands on items that people want, it's going to be really, really profitable. Yeah, I hope I hope this pendulum swing kind of goes the other way, and, and it'll take a while before it it trickles down back into thrift stores. Because again, like I said, thrift stores are typically selling stuff that's five, ten years old. People have had for a while, and then they they donate. Um, but I have been noticing more and more that there has been a push towards companies saying, "Hey, we need to produce better quality stuff. It's going to be more expensive. You're going to pay a little bit more for for the jeans for my company, but we're a company. We make we make the product here. We make it with high quality, you know, goods, or we we make whatever it is. We make camera equipment here, and it's high quality, and it's and it's durable, and we have a good we have, a, and it's not just cheap junk that's going to only last you ten minutes, but it's also three times the cost. So I think people are realizing, hey, if we really want to be sustainable, if we want to if I want to buy one product that's going to last me for a couple of decades, instead of just continuing to buy junk, uh, I'm going to have to pay up a little bit. And eventually if that trend continues, then in the next 20, 30 years, more of those products are going to be ending up in thrift stores. So we might see a resurgence in thrift stores of higher quality goods, but we're, it's going to be a while before we catch that. that I, trail, I just don't you know? see it happening. I mean, maybe, I mean, if, if again, I mean that that's contingent upon the fact that, companies and people start realizing, Hey, if I want to, if I want stuff that lasts, I got to stop buying cheap throwaway stuff and I'm going to have to pay twice as much yeah, for yeah. a higher quality item. But the the benefit of that is higher quality items. People now have more of them. They're lasting longer. Let's say the economy gets better. People want to buy the newer version of it. And so the older ones go to thrift stores and garage sales. And it's like, Hey, this is something that's actually this, this product is like a solid bag or a solid shoe mm-hmm. that is meant to last for a decade, as opposed to, you know, three times you wear it. So it, it's going to take a while before we catch up on that. I don't think I'm going to be seeing it anytime soon, but hopefully, hopefully we see more people moving in that direction. But I can definitely see that the, just the trend of buying cheap junk. It's like, uh, have, have you ever noticed like certain people's homes are just like totally full of, of like knickknacks and carpets, different colors. And part of it was only wealthy people back in the day could have those things. Hmm. And then they started being mass produced. So everybody was like, Hey, I want to have what the wealthy people have. So they go crazy and they buy all this, this stuff, but it's kind of cheap. Yeah. And, and that's almost like where we're at with other things. Like people can now get lots of things, but it's all cheap junk. Like, but I think people are, are realizing that people are going back and saying, Hey, let's be a little bit more minimalist and let's buy higher quality stuff. So hopefully that trend in the next 10 to 20 years 
hopefully not that long, but the next 10 years leads to, again, higher quality things in thrift stores. So all I'm saying is everything goes in waves. So if, if we're having a downturn in thrift stores, I don't think I can make the claim that thrift stores are never going to be profitable for resellers again, but it might be, it might be five to 10 years before we see that, Hey, I'm scoring at thrift stores like crazy again. Yeah. I, I, and I would say the major, at least here in San Diego, the major chain thrift stores, there's nothing. There's just nothing, at least from, eh, you know, maybe I'm just lazy. All right. Hey, I wanted to bring this up and we're going to talk about this. We have an episode coming up about how, or, you know, we're going to bring out the crystal ball and talk about what we think about this Q4 and what it'll look like. But I think this is a precursor to what I think we're going to see. So Walmart in its latest uh, quarterly earnings uh, cut its profit outlook. Okay. So that means they expect to make less money. And that eventually sent the stock market into a bad place. Overnight, Walmart, I think, lost 10%. Amazon lost money. Target lost money. All these stocks lost money. And uh, this is an article from the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Okay. just And they actually mentioned that in the article. Uh, it said, Walmart sounded alarmed Monday when it slashed its quarterly and full year profit forecast, a warning that so rattled Wall Street, the retailer stock went into a nosedive. Household spending has been resilient this year, even in the face of other economic challenges, including scrambled uh, energy costs, supply chain bottlenecks, and decades high inflation. Because consumer power, consumers power more than two-thirds of the economy, their willingness to spend has been held up uh, as a key counterpoint to views that the nation is barreling in towards recession. And even if the definition of recession is changing, okay, which it is, which is crazy because we've only understood recession for as long as I remember econ 101, two quarters of negative GDP means recession. Now we're being told that's not what it means. Hey, hey the government decides what recession. Means. Oh my goodness, man. Like we're in 1984. Is, not, like, don't I, don't I just, be worried at all. The government I, will tell you <laughs> what the government will tell you whether or not things are good or bad. And you just understand that. Anyways, before I get into a huge, massive rant about that, whatever you want to call it, it's not good. Okay. And so I think that's going to affect our reselling. So, you know, Walmart doing this, right? Target doing this and, and, and now they're slashing prices, right? How does it impact consumers? They said in the article, deals, deals, deals. As Walmart executives become more aggressive about clearing out inventory, the company is slashing prices on clothes, higher priced items like furniture, vacuums, TVs, and other gadgets. Right. And so this is happening now, and this is probably going to happen into Q4. And so what does this mean? I, my warning is be careful with retail arbitrage. Yes, there are always buyers out there for certain things. That is true. But I do believe there's going to be a gluttony of inventory out there that's going to sell for cheap and it, it may change things for Q4. So yeah, it's going to be hard to compete with Walmart for the buy box when you're trying to, to race to the bottom. 100%. I think that race is going to be really fast. So anyways, just sharing that, we're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks. Uh, we have an episode coming out. Uh, you know, our thoughts on Q4, Q4 may look different uh, this this year. So, and then uh, just last, uh, this last one, I just, it, here's another sign of things being interesting. So in Jacksonville, in Florida, there's ordinance being passed uh, that restrict how often people can have garage sales. 
uh, just because there are so many garage sales happening like almost every day because people are trying to sell stuff to make money, to pay for gas, to pay for their goods. And uh, the reason I bring this up is I think there's two ways to look at it. One, there's, there's, there's plenty of opportunity as resellers out there now. I, I have to, I'm really selective on what I'm buying now because there's so much out there and I think it's only going to increase. The other, the other side of it is, you know, just, just understand that, you know, I think prices are going to be affected as far as how much you can sell things for. I do think things are going to dip a little bit. And I think the individuals that are able to source quality items and handle the dip are going to be able to sell a lot more and be really profitable in this upcoming recession, but technically not a recession thing. Yeah. We need, we need a, what is, we need a simple speak. What's, what's the, what's the term? Plain speak. I, I don't, I don't this even, is, I, I don't even know. This is bad plus plus. <laughs> I just, I just, I, anyways, man, the circles that are being run on us, it's just, it's wild to me. So anyways, be aware resellers. All right. Hey, before we move on, I just want to talk real quick about a uh, skull shaver. Skull Shaver is a quality product that keeps us, you know, it saves us money. Talking about downturn economy, you know, <clears throat> we've had, how long have we been with Skull Shaver? Two years, maybe? And only, yeah. I've only had to replace the blades once. Yeah, I replaced mine a little bit more than that. Um, but I also sharpen mine. Not, I, I don't do it because I, I have to, okay. uh, because they last for a long time. And they're not that expensive to get a new a new blade cover. But the nice thing is, a lot of times when you buy razors, this is what I was talking about, like, getting high quality items. A lot of times when you buy stuff, you go to Walmart and you spend 60 bucks on, on an electric razor. Cause you're like, Oh, this is, this seems like a decent quality one. It's not $10. I'm not going to Ross and getting the $10 one. So this one's going to last me. And it's like cheap aluminum foil covering that, mm -hmm. that, that goes dull really fast. And it literally lasts you a month. So you're spending $60 every couple of months or you're cutting your face up. Whereas skull shaver, you're buying something that's high quality and it's not going to go dull like that. And if it does go dull, it's like a high quality coated stainless steel blades that that are sharp, like you can actually sharpen them. So if you're the kind of person who's like, I want to I want to be able to sustain something long term and not necessarily have to buy a new razor blade heads every 10 minutes. And I don't think Skull Shaver recommends like sharpening them yourself, but I'm just yeah. saying like it's high enough quality that you can. And yeah. so sometimes paying up a little bit for a product that is going to be able to last you a lifetime is worth it. Yeah. So check out Skull Shaver and use our code uh, HUSTLE with a capital H and, and get that discount. All right. Let's talk about some other good things. Bolo. 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 What's your bolo? Yeah. What's your bolo? All right. My bolo this week is lame. After uh, after totally like ramping it up at the beginning, like I got a hot, juicy, steaming bolo coming or whatever I said. Um, this is just like a pretty plain one. But I, I bring it up because I just had a, a sell on it and it reminded me like, oh, yeah, these can do really well. So always like everything, do your research. But sometimes you're at garage sales and you find people have old CDs. Remember CDs? Like music yeah, CDs, you yeah. put them in there, you know. Uh, I, I don't miss them. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, being able to stream music now uh, on your phone I love is, it. Is, is Spotify, listen, whatever I want. However, I want. CDs, believe it or not, are actually significantly higher quality than an MP3. 
Mm-hmm. Like, like I believe that if you're an audiophile, you still want CDs. And some people have older vehicles and they, they they're going on a trip and they don't necessarily want to stream or people are. I still from time to time sell like an old like I just sold an Usher CD, right? Like an old and, and I picked this up. I was at a garage sale and there's a person had a box of CDs and I'm like, how much is the CDs? I don't know. Dollar each. I'm like, oh, that's obnoxious. And I'm looking at them all and I'm looking at other stuff. I'm like, how much do I just buy the whole box? I'm like, I don't know. How about five bucks? And there's like you know, 40 CDs in there. I love what I went for a dollar a piece to five bucks. For yeah. Cause you know, you make a, a connection with the people you're buying yeah. other things. And so they're super simple. You take the pictures of them, make sure it's not super scratched. A lot of times you can just scan the US, the UPC at the bottom and, uh, and yeah. sell similar. So you can list like 40 CDs in 10 minutes and sell them for like, I, I typically have put them up for like eight, anywhere from like six to $8, depending on the CD. I put them on media mail. So it's almost free to ship. And they're super easy to ship. And when those sales come in, it's like, man, that was like a 10 cent buy. And I I, I sold it for seven bucks. I'm going to get like $5 profit and probably two minutes of work. So it's a bolo in the sense of if you can bulk buy and they're, you, you just want something that's easy to, to list because we talk about that too. Some items, yeah, you can make a ton of money selling a... I have a PlayStation 3, which is, you know, I can't make a ton of money, but PlayStation 3 is a remotes and games. I had to spend like, 40 minutes testing the five different remotes. Wait, this one, the triangle button. Doesn't I, work. I just went through that last night. It's, I listed it, five consoles and it was, it, you spend it so much yeah. time. It's like, yeah, I can make a bunch of money or I can list all of these CDs in just a few minutes, put them on a shelf. They barely take up any space. And when the sales come in, it's just like free money. So it's a bolo in the sense of it's it, it often overlooked. Sometimes they're not profitable. Some of the CDs in that, that box, all the comps are going for 50 I would cents. say like 90% are probably not profitable. Yeah, so you just throw them away, whatever, no big deal. But if you've got 10 in there that are are, are profitable, mm-hmm. you're able to sell and make five to 10 bucks on, hey, you made 50 bucks in the same amount of time you'd make 50 bucks on a game console that you had to test and do all kinds of same stuff. So Yeah, and I've heard talk that CDs may become the new vinyl. Yeah, I mean, because they are better quality than MP3. So it's it's like a wave format. It's it's higher. And again, vinyl is higher quality than CD. Every time you're you're... You, you digitize it more, you're losing quality. And most people can't tell the difference. But if you're an audiophile with nice equipment in your house and you've got the chance, the choice of Bluetooth streaming off of your phone or putting a vinyl record on, you're going to go with the vinyl record. Or if mm. you don't got that set up and you're like, well, at least the CD is better. So there are still those people who want to listen to their Usher on a CD. Usher. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, mine is, it's interesting. I never thought I would say this. And I, I know this has been going on for a while, but we haven't talked about it. Crocs continue to trend. And they're I think they're even more popular now. And maybe they were more popular last year. I don't know. But yeah, Crocs are going up. It's weird. I remember those used to be made fun of. Yeah. And it used to be like you couldn't make any money on used Crocs. But you can. Like I, I've picked up some used Crocs over the last few weeks and, you know, pick them up for like a dollar and they sell for like 30, 40 bucks. Now you have to be picky, right? There has to be something special about it. Like they, you know, sometimes there's like the ones that have like camouflage and people like those. Sometimes there are some that look like, you know, like they're kind of like Uggs, kind of clogs, kind of Uggs with leather. Then there's, you know, there's like the special like crossover, like the Cheerios uh, uh, Crocs or there's a Mario Crocs. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Right. So, you know, I would say look them up. You know, if there's something special, if they're just generic pair, like, you know, a white pair or a brown pair of Crocs, like, yeah, I'm probably not worth looking up. But 
Is there something unique about it? I mean, I've I've done a lot of retail arbitrage back way back years ago. Uh, on you know, I would find like a you know at thrift store, I find one new with tags and. It was like a cool design and it was like Lily Pulitzer or something. I mean, even Ross and, Ross and Marshalls will sometimes have Crocs on their wall and you can pick them up for a good price. Yeah. I would say be careful with those because I know people that have gotten, uh, you know, those letters. Mm. So be careful with those. But if you find them at the thrift or you find them at garage sales, hey, there, there's money to be made. What's the difference of it being, if it's new with tags, you're selling it on eBay new with tags, whether you got it at a thrift store or at Ross, they don't care. I, I think it's if you have a mass quantity of them. Make your quantity one and every time it sells, just put it back I, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that warning out there because, you know, you don't, you don't want to deal with that. So, all right. What are you looking forward to here, Mike? Yeah, going back to uh, what I said towards the beginning of the episode, I think I'm looking forward to organizing my swap me stuff because I've got a whole bunch of things that I'm like, this is big. I either need to sell it on offer up or I need to, it's not going to, by the time I'm done packing this, the profit is just so low and I'm like 50, 50. Do I just throw this stuff away or do I sell it? And my thought is if I can, if I could walk away from a, a swap meet with a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks, as opposed to just throwing in the trash, yeah, that's a win. So, uh, and I can, it'll help me organize my, my inventory a little bit, get rid of some of the, the, the bad buys and really kind of almost refocus my store. So yeah, looking forward to that. What about you? Uh, I'm figuring out QuickBooks. <laughs> I just, I need to get that down. I'm looking forward to finally being done uh, with my taxes. That's going to be, uh, it's going to be good. And, uh, it'll be good. Cause I lost so much money in crypto that I'll be okay. So It'll be good. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just more sourcing more. I'm not going to stop the sourcing. I, there's so much quality stuff out there that's being sold. And yeah, I, I'm actually going to follow up on some bulk sellers. I haven't done this in a long time, but I haven't heard from a, a, some of them in a while. And I just, you know, I want to say, hey, just wondering you know, if you, you got any stuff you're you know, wanting to sell. Because I think right now people are, are ready to sell. That's right. So. Anyways, hey, uh, hopefully through all this <laughs> podcast, you found uh, some valuable uh, things to, you know, apply to your own reselling. And, uh, you know, just be aware. I, I know Mike and I uh, talk about current events a lot. And, and the reason we do is because they are relevant to what you do in reselling. We sometimes think that we live uh, in these bubbles where, you know, what happens politically, what happens uh, in the worldwide economic stage doesn't affect us as resellers, but it really, really does. And it's very important that you're aware of what's going on. And I uh, hope you're, you know, hope you're out there getting some, you know, some good deals and, and making some good deals. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling late. Peace.